calls for debate over whether to allow women to whaikōrero or have speaking roles in Māori welcome ceremonies are growing. Some Māori and politicians believe the tradition forbidding females from speaking in pōwhiri is outdated and sexist and want the culture to adapt to modern society. But this Radio New Zealand Insight asks, will komatua and iwi leaders ever loosen the reins on tikanga or custom? The familiar sound of the karanga reverberates at a porphyry on this occasion marking the swearing-in of the Governor-General Sir Jerry Matepārai at Parliament. In most tribes or iwi, the women lead the first welcome call and the front row of seats, the orator's bench or paipai, is reserved for the men. But in a change to establish protocol on Waitangi Day this year, three females spoke during the porphyry at Titi Marae. I'm Lee McLaughlin and in this insight I'll look at gender roles in Māori welcome ceremonies and whether it's time to let them go. Kia ora tātou. it's Monday the 9th of February and this is Morning Report with Sean Plunkett and Jeff Robinson. Today we look at Marae Protocol. Radio As I said a little earlier, meetings have been held in Kaikoui today to discuss this year's Waitangi Day celebrations, which saw Labour leader Helen Clark snubbed over speaking rights. The Pōwhiri Protocol hit the spotlight in 1998 when the future Prime Minister Helen Clark was stopped from speaking in a Pōwhiri at Waitangi. Among those calling for change in the years that followed was the former Māori Affairs Minister, the late Parikura Horomia. And you can't sit there and know that Māori wahine are fluent in the language and you don't let them talk because they're not male. Um, but you let a Pākehā man talk. That's rubbish. I know people, my own uncle's damning me for saying it, but that's the thing with dealing with modernisation. It's not about having courage or, or being tough or strong. It's about having the foresight to understand what's going to happen over the next 5, 10, 15 years. And a morning report coming to you today from Waitangi on Waitangi Day. And history was made uh, yesterday at the Te Ti Marae when for the first time women were allowed to speak. The first one to speak was a little girl who spoke very well. And then, and then in its sights, and then Materia Ture. Actually, no, Annette would have spoken outside, and then in the, in the porphyry inside for the Prime Minister, the little Mokopuna. Women have been allowed to speak at Waitangi's Teti Marae for the first time. Two women and a young girl joined the list of speakers there yesterday. In 1998, the this year, an outspoken Māori lawyer, Annette Sykes, turned the tables on tradition. I think I'm part of a continuum of women like Titafai and the late Dame Midasazi, the late Dame Iriakaratana and Fitu Tirakapne Sullivan, who argued for human rights uh, for Māori women to be extended beyond the kitchen, beyond inside the um, Whanenui, out onto the Maraiatia. Iriaka Ratana, who was the daughter of Wiramu Ratana, is famous in the Māori world. She came into my territories in Tarawa and she wasn't even allowed to sit in the front row and then she promptly went home. So um, that kind of um, process of uh, initiating change has been going on for nearly 90 years and particularly for women like me, it's not, you know, there's never a problem for me to represent 100 tribes in a court, in the Supreme Court of the Privy Council, saying um, what I need to say to win a case for our people, saying that that right of advocacy should also be bestowed on um, advocates for um, justice and social justice in the ceremonial context of our formal greeting ceremonies. Kilda. Oh, Kilda. 
like a cup of tea? Thank you very much. The Green Party co-leader, Matidia Tude, was also allowed to speak in the Whareipuni or Meeting House at Waitangi after asking the Kuiya Titifai Harawira for permission. A fortnight earlier, provisions were made at the annual Ratana celebrations to allow Ms Tude to speak. The process was that I would speak uh, towards the end um, or last, that uh, the queer would come over and collect me and take me across the Muraiatia so that I was under their protection um, the whole time. They were with me the whole time I spoke from the home side um, and so was under the cloak of protection of the home side. The, and I think that's perfectly fantastic. I think that's a, it was a, it's an amazing process to be part of. It's incredibly powerful when, when it's actually happening and you can feel uh, that protection, you can feel all that care. While she was criticised for asking to speak at Ratana, she says having a say in both occasions sends a clear message about the Māori culture. I think it proves that uh, the uh, Māori cultural process is ever-evolving, it is a modern process, it is meeting new um, ways of thinking, new ways of doing stuff, um, and that's good. It is, a, it is a growing and living culture. A karanga like this at a porphyry at Te Papatongarewa National Museum commands attention. But is it the same as having speaking rights? Many iwi make provisions to enable women to speak in porphyry, either in the Whareipuni or in special areas of the marae where women are seen to be protected. In some tribes, such as Ngāti Puro and Ngāpuhi, women can fight kōrero in the same area as the men would. But with most iwi, they can't, and the protocol or kawa is strictly adhered to. I met with prominent Rotorua kaumatua, Sir Toby Curtis, who told me that's the case for his iwi te Arawa, and he wouldn't change it. I accept modernisation, but I don't believe in it as being an answer for us to change. To me, that was like the park here saying to us, if you want to progress, you've got to change. What they're saying We've got to stop being Maoris and all become Pākehās. The people of Te Arawa follow a custom where a son can't fight kōrero if his father is alive and a younger brother can't speak if his older brother's alive. Sir Toby says Te Arawa women traditionally sit on the floor and must take their shoes off inside, while men can keep theirs on. It's very difficult to argue intellectually that women shouldn't speak. But it's far more difficult to bring about a change in terms of custom and tradition. Uh, there was a part when I looked at it and I thought, well, I don't see any problem for women standing. Why shouldn't they? But despite all the arguments I can come up with to say women should stand, my stomach doesn't feel right. My... I suppose my ngāko and wairu has not reached that level of real acceptability. But Sir Toby says he doesn't believe women are missing out. I've had to ask the question, which is more important, the paipai or the women having a proper voice? On the paipai, you don't make decisions. It's very rare when a decision is made on the paipai. Decisions are made with full discussion. Women, what I've seen, are taking the front line more and more when we're having a hui to make a decision on something.
So what do you want? Do you want a showpiece to run us? Or do you want an engine room to run the tribe? The showpiece doesn't run the tribe. It's the engine room. So the esteemed Te Arawa leader, Sir Toby Curtis, won't be pushing for change, but a social justice advocate, Marima Davidson, believes the tides are turning. I've just come back from spending a week in Maimarae and Whirinaki in Hokianga for the Ngāpuhi Tribunal hearings, and I had to listen to hapu from all around Hokianga talking about how their paipai and their marae are starved for kaikōrero. And, you know, in recognition of that, we now have to recognise the talent and the potential that we've got all around us to be able to live and breathe and hold on to our tikanga. A former community advisor at the Human Rights Commission, Ms Davidson says Māori women should be given primary speaking roles. I often hear and agree with the frustration from Māori women who are forced to sit there and listen to our designated kaikōrero, who in their eyes um, have not uh, represented the kaupapa well, um, have not represented our tikanga well, and meanwhile you've got a whole background of amazing wahine Māori who could do a far better job and I think the times are changing now, our culture if we're going to keep it a living, breathing, evolving entity um, we need to now recognise that we've got to use everything we have and that includes our wahine talent But an experienced karanga teacher Raina Ferris disagrees I've travelled from Ngāpuhi to, to Bluff from Parihaka to Kahunganu, teaching karanga, and I haven't been to any marae where the women have been the kaikōrero. I met Ms Ferris at Wellington Airport before she set off again, this time to Nelson, to run a four-day karanga programme. She's been teaching the art form for more than a decade. It's about reteaching the value of karanga. That's what's missing. That's what we as wahine today have lost. Okay, the, the queer, when they started to die and leave us, took away a lot of the, the sacredness and the depth of the art form. And that's what I teach. Um, I've been teaching this course for 14 years and I've been all over New Zealand. And everywhere we're in the same boat. The, the, the hua, you know, the real depth and the breadth of karanga isn't known. So, you know, if you want to do something about women having a say, come and learn about the depth and the breadth of karanga and we won't have to fight court at all. Raina Ferris says there's a reason things are the way they are in the Māori world. The Pōhiri process is a strategically well-balanced set of activities that is designed for a specific purpose. And that's what I teach. It's a strategic alignment of events to achieve a particular outcome. And the outcome is kotahitanga, bringing manuhiri and tangata whenua together, bringing te hunga wairua and the hunga ora together. Afai Kōrero forming connections between both sides at Te Papatungarewa Museum. 
One of the challenges facing those considering whether change is needed is the difference of protocol between iwi. A senior Māori lecturer at the Auckland University of Technology, Hone Sadler, says in the Northland iwi of Ngāpuhi, women have speaking roles but just aren't using them. Wahine have never been restricted from speaking on Ngāpuhi Marae. It's just that they haven't taken up that role, that challenge. Um, and I suppose it's because of the layering of uh, colonisation and also of Christianity, where the uh, thinking was that of the Bible and also of of a westernised um, kaupapa, where the women were chattels, and I suppose... Māori took that on board as well and, and they liked it. Mr Sadler says the karanga is the most important role of the Māori welcome ceremony because it sets the tone for the meeting. He says perceptions that females have less status in te Māori or the Māori world are wrong. You only have to have a look at the, the hapu and the women um, of those hapu. For example, if we look at the whare o puhi, Ngāti Whātua, Whātua Kaimarie, she was a woman. And that iwi is called Ngāti Whātua. Ngāti Kahu, Kahutia was a woman. In the hapu of Ngāpuhi, Ngāti Rangi, Rangi Heketini, who was a woman. Ngāti Hine, Hine Amaru, who was a woman. So, you know, there's all these incidences where women took leadership. the morning tea bell tolls at Te Kura Māori or Porirua, north of Wellington, hundreds of future kai kōrero and kai karanga take to the playground. Year 13 students, Merirangi Mō, here in Bristow, Timu and Arizona Collins join me on the school field. I don't understand like, why um, women are changing, like wanting oh, to, trying to change the tikanga when our tikanga was that man stood on the pie and our role was to um, karanga motete and to have their tuara to back them up. Now there I didn't understand why it's changing and maybe they're not looking deep into the tikanga, maybe they just thought, oh I want to do that, so they all can do that, why can't can I do that? Maybe they're not looking yeah. into the tikanga, like that yeah that are passed down. Yeah. They believe that protocol in tikanga keeps them protected. Yeah, woman is an easy target mm. on a pie. Mm, yeah, woman holds the fucker papa. Yeah, so mm. you don't want nothing to happen to her. It's okay. like um, men go in front in war and women stay at the back. So that's the yeah. same with like the pie. See so when um, when you're having a like Totally-hi. a yeah oh, or like a pohiri or something. Yeah. yeah, they may like if the women are in front, then they're gonna kill them, and then that fucker papa line's cut off. Mm. And so I just think that, um, yeah, that women should be at the back because the men are in front to, like, protect you and stuff. This is how it is and this is how it's been for years and generations. Generations, Women are so stubborn. (laughs) Stubborn. Yeah, yeah. women are so stubborn. (laughs) They like to have a say in everything. They like to be right. But maybe they can be right in a different But if they see it in our... Yeah. Uh, in our eyes, then they would probably understand. Tyler Dixon's in her last year of a business degree with Massey University. She's also the Māori executive of the Wellington Students Association and wants to help her peers better understand the Māori culture. 
We caught up at Kuratini Marae at the Wellington campus. I've had this come up where I've got a few Pākehā friends here on campus and they, they ask me about that kind of stuff. And um, for them it's like, it's quite sexist that females can't get up and speak and I just try to explain that females have their own type of mana. You know, traditionally Māori really revered their women and, and looked after their women and I guess it's about maintaining that kind of whakaro. Yeah, we've got strong Māori leaders who are female and, and all that, but um, yeah, it's about just holding on to traditions and... So let's say in the future you um, develop a, a really strong business and you are um, holding a pōhiri for one of your initiatives that you spearheaded, would you be comfortable handing that whaikōrero roll over? Yeah, for whaikōrero I would be comfortable. You know, my mum and my nannies would probably make me do the karanga, um, so I'd be the first voice anyway. But for pōhiri process, I'm happy to leave it up to the males to do the speaking, and then after that, that's when I would be happy to get up and speak. What are the rules when Māori protocol has been adopted by a Western institution such as Parliament? Since the 1870s, people welcomed by pōpiri here in front of Parliament or inside the doors behind me are done so under the cover of local iwi teatiawa, where, like most places, women karanga and men sit on the paipai and speak. But as I discovered, change is on the horizon. for the Youth Parliament in July last year led two senior Labour MPs, Marion Street and Annette King, to raise the red flag over parliamentary protocol. Marion Street says she and Mrs King were offered seats on the paipai by male colleagues, but were then made to move back a row and sit with other female MPs. I thought, this isn't how I want young people to see Parliament. I want them to see Parliament as a place of equals. And this kawa is not reflecting that. Annette and I went to see the speaker about it afterwards because I remained concerned about it. And so we went to talk to the speaker and, and said, it may be time for Parliament to develop a kawa of its own. We are not a marae, we do not have a marae in Parliament. And when people come to this place as members of parliament they come representing every iwi they come from you know they come from the four corners of the country and i think i think it's time that we developed our own kawa to reflect that following that the speaker of the house david carter has been reviewing parliamentary protocol Marion Street says there may be a change to the pōpiri seating plan so that female ministers and senior MPs can sit on the paipai. So, for example, in this place, which is the atrium, you would, um, you would set this up quite easily. I was shown some areas where pōpiri, or the less formal welcome, the whakatau, are held by the head of the Labour Party's Māori caucus, Nanaia Mahuta. The Tainui descendant says the issues in Parliament around women speaking are one part real and two parts perceived. The one part real is that we do have situations in Parliament 
where women um, are leading a particular kaupapa and need to be able to front, if you like, uh, that issue uh, within the parliamentary settings and in the formal um, context of a porphyry or whakatau that might need to be provided for. Uh, and two parts may be perceived as that um, sometimes uh, those um, members of parliament who aren't Māori and aren't clear on what, what the tikanga is may not see themselves reflected in the, in the protocols and practice and so feel totally shut out. Ms Mahute and the Education Minister Hikia Parata contributed to the review. We were fairly, I guess, progressive in our thinking. Women and men uh, come to this house equally, as equals. Their leadership role and recognition of that uh, should be across the board unanimous. Um, and when we draw, utilise tikanga, like a whakatau or a pōwhiri, uh, that the, depending on what it is, we make you know, provisions for women to speak. I don't think this was so much about where women were sitting. It was about women being um, recognised and giving a leading role within the context of a pōwhiri or a whakatau. Now, there are very few women uh, in this house who would be able to give a formal speech if they were to go to that extent um, and I don't think that's really what we were talking about it was just recognition and an opportunity to speak should the occasion call for it. The paper is a work in progress and no date has been set on its release but I put some of these ideas to the chairman of a Te Atiawa Iwi Authority the Wellington Tents Trust Maori Love. I think they should expect that there'll be difficulties we should if, if that were the case, review our role in Parliament uh, and review uh, a, a number of those things. If it was that um, uh, generally in, in, in Māoridom those things were changing and had changed, then uh, we'd need to look at it. I don't think we're quite there yet. Mr Love says Māori are comfortable with their gender roles. Trying to do away with those, I think you can lose quite a lot. And, and that's, I think, why that hasn't changed much. It's not... Uh, yes, Māori society is inherently conservative, but in many ways it is also quite radical. But those things have been very slow to change. Parliament shouldn't try and lead that change. But how does the Porphyry Protocol sit with those from overseas? People all over the world were beamed photos of the welcome ceremony in Wellington last month for the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. The Associate Foreign Affairs spokesperson for Labour, Marion Street, says a third of the diplomats, ambassadors and high commissioners in New Zealand are female. She says they don't like having to sit behind the men in porphyry. It has almost been expressed to me in terms of a slight to the country. Not to them personally, they're not taking it personally, but why should Germany, embodied in the ambassador of Germany, be sitting in the second row? Why should Turkey be sitting in the second row? Why should Mexico be sitting in the second row when the welcome is to the representative of the country coming to the representatives of this country? Hone Sadlov Ngapuhi believes people are looking at the culture all wrong. It has been a wrong lens looking at um, Māori practices and the lens that they look through is uh, dominated by something that doesn't belong 
within a Maori world, so that the roles that that women play they seem as if they are diminished roles, but they don't, because there is one role that they have and that no one else can do, and that is the role of the faretata, and the faretata is the house of people. They are the only beings on this earth that can procreate. And that is one of the greatest blessings that have been placed on this earth upon our women. Mr Sadler says the day will come when more women take primary speaking roles. And Te Arua Koumatua Sir Toby Curtis agrees. But he's lightening the debate to the Catholic Church. Yeah, the Catholic Church is, is like Dallow. They're still hanging out. They still haven't got any, any women priests. But all the other churches have women ministers. And I, and I think with the Catholic Church, it's the same thing. There's a lot of emotion surrounding it. And we all know that emotion is far more powerful than the intellect. Far more powerful, in my view, than the intellect. So I guess either you wait or you force the issue. And that's what the social justice advocate Marima Davidson wants, for the issue to be discussed by Māori now. I believe our tūpuna would have an understanding um, that where we've come to today, we've come through you know, almost a couple of centuries of colonisation and uh, there are so many of us wanting to see our tikanga evolve and develop and we're living in a different world. And um, we can... We can change the practices without at all compromising those foundation values, those foundation practices and beliefs that don't need to change ever because they're who we are and they're core parts of our identity. But I think we can definitely change the way that we see those through. And so that could include... Um, Māori woman having a role speaking. It's clear that Māori protocols and customs aren't a one-size-fits-all, with differences in tikanga from one iwi to another. Recent events, including Waitangi Day and the Parliamentary Review, suggest a change in the air regarding women's speaking rights. And while many Māori leaders and rangatahi aren't ruling that out, they don't appear to be ready to let go of traditions passed down from their ancestors just yet. I'm Lee McLaughlin and that's Insight for this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can send an email to insight at radionz.co.nz or send us a tweet at rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Chris Keogh.